dark save for light being cast from the big tv screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning hey george hey lions how's it going uh 2020 is over so you know we got we got that going on yeah i mean it, it's it's uh 2020 is over and 2021 it has to be better and if it's not may god strike you down dead that seems like a fair wager. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, if it's if it's worse, you're kind of like, no, nah, I'm I'm okay with being struck down dead. Yeah, I mean that's that's on the short list of ways like it could be right. And I mean, you know, it's it's, it's very in vogue to crap all over 2020, and I think it's doubly in vogue to crap all over people who are like, oh, 2021's coming, like, yay, 2020's over, and then people are like, oh no, but. We can all agree it's good that it's ending, right? <laughs> Not yeah. that things will magically be better, but that hopefully some of it's behind us. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that because, you know, in 2019, people were like, oh, 2019 was the worst. And in 2018, people were like, oh, 20, 2018 was the worst. But now when when 2020 comes to a close, it's going to be like, did, was there a global pandemic for 75% of the year? No, then it was better. Everything else is just gravy. Yeah. Um, we, luckily, uh, like I think a lot of the world, uh, sat around on our asses playing video games all year. So that, that part was mm-hmm. pretty good. That part was good. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 at some point, my boss was probably like, hey, is this guy going to come to work anymore? <laughs> but, uh, you know. Uh, I was, sorry, I, dude. I, I got I to gotta prep for this thing we're doing in 12 months. Exactly. You know, like, I mean, I, I, I got to be prepared, right? Because, uh, you know, we we don't really need to work because we've got our our eight bit and our sixteen bit heroes, you know, like they they're gonna carry it for us, you know. So, but that's that's foreshadowing. We're not there yet. <laughs> um. So this is uh. We did not play a game, right? We played a yeah. bunch of crap load of games. Um. So here, because we only do this once a year, we're we're gonna outline the rules. Uh. So the rules for the year in review are as follows. Uh. Each of us picked th- our three worst games from the year and our three best games. Uh, none of them are allowed to be a nostalgia game that gets its own little category. And we just pick one because we only play a handful of those. Uh, and, and this disclaimer is written in my notes and this shall forever be written in my notes uh, is, and, and we have you to thank for this. Uh, this is not about facts. It's about feelings. Yeah. yeah. And that matters because uh, the way you feel about a game you know, nine, 10, 11, 12 months after playing it may be different than you felt at the time. Uh, this is a rare opportunity for us to really uh, take off our critic hats and just put on our party hats and just yep. be like, I love this. I hated that. I don't care why. Right. And that's, uh, that's a nice cathartic thing for us to get at the end of a year of trying to be logical and explain ourselves and have reasons. This is not about facts. It's about feelings. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I feel that this and because I remember the reason why we came up with that rule was I, I don't want to go back and listen to every single episode and deconstruct my deconstruction to be like, make sure I'm internally consistent because as a scientist, I do try to be very internally consistent. I'm, I fail all the time, you know, but I try to be very internally consistent. And so the stress of, you know, well, I'm going to do a year end review. I was like, oh, no, this has to all that's got to go like this has got to be. <laughs> All I plead the fifth, all, you know, like during (laughs) whatever Michael Scott said, like the the no consequences (laughs) section, you know, it's got to be that all the way down. So, yeah, this is totally about feelings. If you go back and and we say like, oh, man, the the worst episode was, you know, this episode or the worst game was this game. And then you go back and listen to it like they actually had glowing praise for this game and said they liked it a lot. So, yeah, deal with that. Because yeah, those were critics, and now we're just gamers. We're just talking about our feelings as people who played video games. So yeah, so we uh, so we did that, um, and and now we we need to talk about the most important thing. Have you have you heard about our Lord tw- Twitter and Patreon <laughs> and uh, and 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 all of the other different forums, the Apple Podcast reviews? Have you heard about these? I don't know if you have, but if you haven't. 
um, they are the best way for you to show us that you like what we do because we like what we do. That's why we do it. But we like to know that you like what we do. Uh, so if you can go, uh, you know, podcast reviews, uh, go outside of your house, scream and get picked up by the police. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a big normally, one. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, normally, that's the best way to, to do it. But if you want us to actually like take what you say and then modulate that into like games you want us to play, then uh, that's actually not the best way. Twitter is the best way to do that. Um, but, you know, if that was like my my door-to-door sales pitch, then I have to pull out the big guns, put on my robes and vestments for the holy grail of what we ha- really have to talk about during this section, which is our 8-bit and 16-bit heroes. Lions? We have uh, an 8-bit classic, which mm-hmm. is uh, Michael S. And I'm, I'm saying S because there's uh, several patrons that are Michaels. Apparently, we just have a big... Michael fan base. Um, but this particular patron uh, at the 8-bit classic level, uh, Michael S., uh, and one of our 16-bit heroes, uh, Jacob, with a K, who's the only one, but his last name starts with K. Um, Excellent. But they they help make uh, these sweet, dulcet tones get into your ear holes. Um, all of our patrons contribute. All of our listeners contribute. Uh, we just got a fantastic round of uh, listener game suggestions. Um, so all this stuff is really, uh, it, it's, it's for us, but a super close second is that it's for you all like a, just, like, like a, a, a molecular finish, just atoms away. Well, you know, you changed the outcome by measuring it. Damn it. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that is both a, a, a physics joke and a Futurama joke. That's right. Yeah. No, I, well, I, a lot of jokes in Futurama are, physics jokes. Yeah, are basically physics jokes. So, uh, so what games did we play this year? Uh, do do we want to do a, the the volley? We'll we'll yeah, read yeah, the yeah. list together like a team. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we played. Um, and so I guess the way I have this list written, I just realized is backwards. So I'm going to start at the bottom and go up. So it's in chronological order. Yeah, that that won't uh, that won't get confusing. No, not at all. First, we played GoldenEye 007, Quirk, Super Mario Brothers 2, Twisted Metal 2, Donkey Kong Country, Tecmo Super Bowl. Final Fantasy Seven, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, Doom Two, Rystar, <laughs> Super Mario RPG, oh, wow, no. Legend of the Buried Seven. The lead. <laughs> <laughs> it actually it did shockingly not in there. It wasn't even worth my time. <laughs> Ooh, Super Mario RPG, Legend of the Seven Stars, Mega Man X Three. <laughs> <laughs> that was fair. That was that was absolutely fair. Jurassic Park. <laughs> Super Mario Brothers 3. See, that one deserved the smile in the voice. Yeah. Uh, the Simpsons, Bart's Nightmare. Street Fighter 2, Turbo, Turbo Hyper Fighting. You're, you were right to flub that. There's way too many words in that title. There's way too much, so much words. <laughs> Resident Evil 3, colon, Nemesis. Crash Bandicoot. Master of Orion 2, colon, Battle at Antares. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Missile Command. Tiny Tune Adventures, Buster Busts Loose. And it, you know, th- there's a some other gaming podcasts I've listened to where they they play a game like every week or every month, and every month feels a little slow. Every week feels a little fast, but every time we do one of these episodes and I look at this list, I'm like, Jesus Christ, we played a lot. And this is not the only video games we play all year. Like, there's a lot of games. There's a lot of games to play. It's it's weird now. I've I've actually gotten to the point because we've been doing this for about three years, right? Yeah. Um. So so that's uh it's quite it's quite a few games. Um. And so uh the, the the thing that's actually become fascinating to me is that when somebody starts talking about video games, I now have enough video gaming knowledge, especially from this era, that I have to like pull it back a little bit, you know, because somebody's like, oh yeah, I played this game. I'm like, oh, that's a lot like these other obscure titles. And have you heard of this game? And this thing does something interesting. And now I've ruined it because I've gone, I I came in at a 10 and you were coming at a casual too. Oh, sorry. Were you window shopping and you stumbled into the subreddit for this hobby? I didn't, (laughs) I I should have just directed you back out onto the street. (laughs) And uh, you want to touch on the nostalgia games? Uh, Oh no, we will list them when we get to it. That special segment. Gotcha. So, uh, so then next up, do you want to, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll go with my, so we, we've talked about this, I think every time, uh, but I love that we've settled on least worst, middle worst and worst, worst 
right? Because it's a three list and we've argued about like, well, is number one the least worst or is it the worst worst? So it's least worst, middle worst, worst worst. Uh, And again, you know, uh, feelings, not facts. Um, If you go back and listen to that list of games, um, there were some real farts this year. Just like some some real suboptimal gaming experiences. Uh, so this list was unfortunately more competitive than I would have strictly liked. Uh, but my number three, my uh, least worst is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Hmm. And okay. my feelings for that are summed up by a really important uh, on the fly discussion we had during that episode, which was uh, the game is not broken. It is catastrophically poorly designed. Right. and. Uh, that does not create a, a fun gaming experience. You you can't play this game for fun. You can play this game because you want to speed run it in like a meme category at like AGDQ. You can play this game because you review games and you have to review this game, right? Or you're a game design student and you need it. But But those are like the only reasons you would play it. No one could reasonably say they play this game for fun if they even understand what games are, because it's not broken. It works. It's just like the worst design piece of garbage ever. Hated it. Hated every minute of it. <laughs> that wasn't the thinking about it for the show, right? Like just the act of playing. It was just this painful slog. So for, for me, the only thing that saved it from a, a more worst spot was it's, it's not broken. It's just catastrophically poorly designed. <laughs> So uh, for me, the least worst was was Rystar. Um, and I think that you were accurate in the sense of I just it's just a nothing game. You know what I mean? There, <laughs> there were some there were some some real negative ones on here. There were also some really good games we played this year, you know, so it was it was it, it, there were Icarus level highs. Well, actually, and, and, and just cataclysmic lows you know well, no no you could do that for both you icarus level highs and icarus level lows <laughs> yeah it, it, yeah as 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 t moves him away from daedalus making the wings right then yeah um so uh, the reason why i put rystar on here is because it it kind of starts to hearken to some of the issues that we saw with like uh um sega genesis in general just kind of making bad arcade ports, you know? And, uh, man, there's just nothing that this game does that another game doesn't do better, right? And I think that, to me, the thing that really kind of drove it home was that one epiphany moment when I realized that the core of this thing's gameplay, Sonic does as an afterthought, you know? Like, that that the the stretchy arms and suddenly moving horizontally quickly is Sonic with the fire shield, and they knew better than to make a full game around that mechanic in Sonic. And then they went ahead and just did it with Rystar. Everything about this game just kind of feels like a, 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 a soulless cash grab. And I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I get the businesses are in the business of making money. I get that a bunch of people worked really hard on it. And for some people, they probably poured their soul into it. But it just there's no spark behind this game, in my opinion. Despite the fact that it is literally you playing as a star. There is... <laughs> There's just no ignition source. So, yeah. uh, and, and you, yeah. you, you just alluded to something that I know we've said before, but you know, if, if weirdly, uh, someone's listening and this is their first episode, I don't think we have ever, and, and we certainly have never intentionally crapped on the people, right? None right. of the people who made this game set out to make a bad game because I don't believe that most people are comic book villains, but, right. but rise star feels like someone at Sega was like, Oh, we got to, we got to eat our own our own lunch before someone else does it. We we need to make a Sonic game that's not Sonic so that we can spread the the market ownership around, right? And and cannibalize our own market. And then they made Rystar. It's like, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I think that that this is is kind of like an exemplar of of top-down managed games, like a game that was made because the game needed to be made for a, for a business reason, not because the game needed to be made because somebody wanted to make this game. I don't think that anybody, from from my own personal opinion, nobody 
wanted to make Rystar. Nobody said, hey, I've got this great idea. It's about like this, you know, kind of character who can like pull himself around. I got this really cool idea for a game mechanic or I got this really cool idea for a character or a narrative or a point of view or something, an emotion I want to explore that there was no spark that grew this game is that this was a a top-down managed event is what it feels so not not a passion project correct yes absolutely this isn't that that game where you're a gorilla and you throw people around you know (laughs) that game's awesome um (laughs) uh so my middle worst uh is jurassic park and i gave it to jurassic park because uh unlike dr jekyll and mr hyde uh this game is not just designed poorly. It is also broken. There are times you just clip through the wall. There are times where enemies just respawn on screen right in front of you. There are times when weapons don't do anything. There are times when weapons one shot enemies that they're not supposed to. How do you make a game where you can be a velociraptor? Not fun. Like (laughs) that seems like a bigger design challenge than making a good game. Like, Oh, you're, you're going to be able to play as Dr. Grant and, and you got to like save the kids and defeat the T-Rex. And it's like, Oh, okay. That, yeah. Okay. I mean, this, this game is going to, or this movie is going to be really popular because it's based on a super popular book. I see that we're also going to have a velociraptor mode. What creative ways could we ruin that experience? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's, this game makes me angry because it feels like such a lost opportunity. Like, you got all the work done for you. You got the story. You got, you've already captured people's imaginations. You got a John Williams soundtrack. Whoops. No, they don't. You've got (laughs) Michael Crichton writing. Whoops. No, they don't. Like basically they just took the cover of Jurassic park and the synopsis on the back. And they were like, eh, close enough. It's just, it's like, and I remember this game. I know we both talked about this. Like I remember this game as like, Oh, isn't this the one where you can play as the Velociraptor and going into it with like my brain slowly slipping back into, you know, 12 year old mode of like, that's the one where you can play as the Velociraptor. Oh crap. This game sucks. Like it's just, it's, 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 it just sucks to be disappointed like that. Oh yeah. No. And, and if it makes you feel any better, Jurassic park was in my honorable mentions. Like when I was pulling this <laughs> together, it was on the list for a little bit. Um, and I think I might have had it in the middle spot, but then I bumped it for what I have in the middle spot and then bumped it to number three. And then literally half an hour before we started, I went back through the list again. I was like, oh, no, wait, Rystar. Rystar is because so I'm saying, I think man, that, the, the bottom three was more competitive than I would have liked. Well, and and I think that for me, the reason why Jurassic Park didn't make it into it is because I remembered it being broken and insanely difficult and a frustrating mess. So I was just. Like I, I don't, and this is basically what we said during the episode, which was, I was, I knew, I remembered very keenly what I was getting into. So I was like, this is going to be a nightmare slog. I know it's going to be a nightmare slog. Let's just do it. But for you, you were, you were more like, yeah, no, this, this, I remember this game It's a good game. And then you went in and you're like, this is fundamentally broken. And so <laughs> I, I can definitely see that. Um, for me, my middle worst, which I'm, I'm never going to every year, I'm going to make a joke about the fact that that sounds like, a hot dog, you know, mm-hmm. I just, it's, I, I believe if we're going to keep our sponsorship with <laughs> Oscar Meyer, I have to, <laughs> I have to make that joke every year. Um, my middle worst is, uh, is Mega Man X3, man. <gasps> oh, I would have put a fiver on that being number one. Yeah. 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 Now I'm in, now I'm excited. So why, <laughs> why, why is that one your middle worst? Uh, I mean, because the worst, worst, I, I, I got a, better reason for it um <laughs> but no it's, it's just it's it's so tragic you know is that because literally i think when we did this two years ago our our one of our top best was mega man x mm-hmm. you know i think it, it made it into our both of our top threes i think for i think we were off on which one it was but it was up there right and so for, for this is literally the story of Icarus, right? You know, where they, they flew too close to the sun. They said, you know, hey, we made this amazing game. It's clean. It's concise. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. It's fantastic. And then I, I, we need to go back and play X2 at some point to fill in that middle data point. I don't think we need to play any of the ones after X3. I'm, no, I'm the, the, I, I can tell you confidently the trend line goes down. Yeah. So I don't know about X2, but it, it then you get to X3 and it's like this is this game is a frustrating mess. It's uninspired. And again, I just 
and maybe this is just the mood I'm in in this particular cross-section of time, because again, it's about feelings, is that this, again, just feels top-down driven, you know, is that the spark, again, just left the series, you know, is that, and, and we see this all the time with all types of different works of art, and I, I get it, dude, I, I, I'm, as one person pointed out to me in a, uh, a, a, one of the meanest things anybody's ever said to me when I said something, 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 I'm a scientist because I'm a business unit manager. You know, they said, you're not a scientist, you're an administrator. Oh, right. I was like, what did I do to you? <laughs> That's a horrid to say to a person. Um, so, but that being said, is I, I do, I do run a, 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 an environmental lab, right? So I get the fact that business decisions need to be made, but a lot of the times it just, you know, the, the further you further up the line you get. So the more money a thing makes, the more C-level people feel that they need to have a say in what happens because so many people's jobs are on the line. So much money is involved. But the thing is that they don't know what made the game work. They're too far away from it, you know? So when it's like, I mean, it, this this is the Mega Man X3 is the Skyward Sword of the Mega Man series, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, you look just like a Mega Man X game, but you're not. And that's that's why I made it into my middle worst. Uh, so my worst worst is Mega Man X3. There it is. And and I just, <laughs> I mean, cosign every single thing you said. And, and I don't just mean like I casually agree with you. I mean, you literally said some things right out of my notes. Uh, <laughs> the, the way I phrased my, my first note is the absolute tragedy of not sticking the landing. Because... Nice they had a formula, right? And and you just alluded to like Skyward Sword is the most formulaic Zelda ever made, right? Which, mm-hmm. which is saying something because I mean, they adopted the formula way back in Link to the Past era. But but Sky, uh, Mega Man X3 is like, they were only a couple games into this series before they completely lost sight of the trees. They were just like, oh yeah, just, you know, they're just, they're green and I don't know, they're tall, whatever. And monsters in there and, you know, call it a day. And he's zero. Yeah, they just, they just drop the ball in so many ways that if you, if you're standing far enough away and you're squinting hard enough, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's, that's like a Mega Man X game, right? But the music is worse. The level design is totally uninspired the the weapons are dumb like that's where you should get to have the most fun to be creative and do interesting things it's made up sci-fi technology you can do whatever the hell you want it can be indistinguishable from magic and they just uh, like it's just it's such it's such a belly flop from a professional diver like it's so sad and that was what pushed this uh over the line to me is that i had a misalignment between expectations and lived reality with Jurassic Park. My misalignment between expectations and lived reality with Mega Man X3 is the largest of any game this year, no question, maybe the largest of any game we've played. Like, I just went in, you know, with my heart full and my eyes wide open, and then I was just like like every stereotype of like a country boy who moves to New York City, and then I was like, pickpocketed and beaten and like my apartment is roach infested like i was just beaten down so fast it was shocking and the fact that there's like eight more games in the series and they trend in that direction away from the shining city on a hill that is Mega Man x is just it's tried it's literally a tragedy like such beloved characters with a formula that they could have made work and somehow they just I believe it was Winston Churchill who said, uh, no matter how beautiful the strategy, one should occasionally check the results. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not familiar with that quote. That sounds like something you, you cribbed from Civ six. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. You, you're, you're, you're lucky that you didn't get it in Sean Bean's voice. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it's it absolutely it is. And, and, and this is, this is that, right. Where it's, it's just, you know, they, they said like, we've got a great formula. Let's, let's implement it again. Let's just, let's just tweak this one little thing. Let's do this. All of this makes sense on paper, but then when you actually play it, it's just, it's just trash. Um, my worst worst, uh, is, uh, Jekyll and Hyde, you know? So it's, it's totally fair. It's totally fair. Yeah. Because to me, and, and we kind of started discussing this a little bit earlier, like literally two episodes ago, um, 
where, you know, uh, there's kind of like two axes in my mind where it's the um, how enjoyable is the game and how playable is the game. And this one's like negative on both fronts, you know? Um, it's not, in, it is completely unplayable, but there are still, I mean, in, in the same way that there are some movies that are so bad that they're good, you know, there are some games that can be so absurdly broken that you're just kind of like, uh, this is fun. I mean, arguably, they even make games that are intentionally broken because they're fun, like that Quop game, you know? Yeah, people who do uh, the experiment with like frustration as a game mechanic or as like a core aesthetic. Yeah, you know, I mean, like stuff like that where the game being broken is kind of part of the fun, you know? Um, this is not that. It is, uh, it's just, it's poor design all the way down. And I mean, I just really felt that that I, I had to do my due diligence and say that this is literally an exemplar of what not to do when making a game. You know, there is, as you kind of aptly said, there is zero reason to play this game if not as a cautionary tale, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's all. I mean, w- w- what is it? Somebody said, you know, like the, your entire purpose in life may simply be to be a cautionary tale for others. Right. Like uh-huh. that's the game, you know, I don't think. And again, I don't think that anybody when they were making it uh, set out to do this. Uh, but to me, you know, you can. And, and so in that way, it's, it's great because they, they do so many things that you can then point to this game and kind of say, did they do it in Jekyll and Hyde? Because if they did in Jekyll and Hyde, take a step back and think about what you're doing. Um, you know, the, the, the visuals are, are wildly confusing. The, the complete swing and a miss on the uh, um, fight for your life mode, you know, in, in the form of like Jekyll and Hyde. Like that, that, that bears out, that totally works, except that they just completely botched it in execution. But to me, one of the worst things is it literally in a, in a heads up display that has three pieces of information. One of them is dedicated to a mechanic that you used three times in the entire game. What diaries of a madman would you do this? And I stand by the fact that the entire purpose of the game is to turn you into Hyde, as I am now witnessing by the fact that I've been speaking at an elevated tone and rapid pace as I've been going through this. It's happening again. Yeah, I'm, I'm fearing for the life of your uh, audio equipment here. Like, <laughs> he can't reach out and shake me, but if he starts shaking the laptop, he might damage something. <laughs> it's going to like cut to... Uh, you know, the thing in The Simpsons, whenever somebody goes off the rails and it's just kind of like, we're experiencing technical difficulties. And <laughs> yeah, goes, Ken Brockman well, in the in the suit or, yeah, the, the drinking. Yeah. So, uh, so that's, that's yeah, for me, worst, worst, Jekyll and Hyde, man. It's got to be. Yeah. No, and, it, and it's, I mean, like I said, way more competitive than I would have liked. And uh, I think we have a pretty decent record of like ending up feeling similar about this, which I think is... Uh, we're kind of similar in some ways, you and I, but uh, we value different things in our gaming experiences. And so I always think it's interesting when, you know, we try to remove facts a little bit and lean more on feelings. And it's like, no, we still kind of felt the same way. This game sucked. Well, I think that, that if you, if you asked us to rank, you know, all of the games, like top to worst, I think that we would see a lot more give in those in the middle ground, you know, like, for example, one of the ones that I almost put on this list because I felt from I could justify it, you know, but I was like, no, there were there were worse things, you know, was uh, Resident Evil three, you know, just because, yeah, just because I felt that, you know, like that game, you know, is that again, just some of the the puzzle mechanics, how they didn't make any sense. It just did not age well, the the tank controls, you know. All of that stuff, I was like, I could, I could justify this, but then I looked at it, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm really doing this just to mess with lions. You know, <laughs> if I'm, if I'm being honest about, it. but again, so you know, but if we were to really rank everything top to bottom, Resident Evil Three would probably be in like the mid range for you, where it would definitely be in the bottom tier for me. You know, yeah, so I yeah, that, the, the, like, the fat part of the bell curve would be the most tumultuous. Yeah, yeah, where where there would be some things where I'd say like this was number seventeen, and you'd be like, really, I had it as number five, you know. But when we really say bottom three, top three, we're we're pretty much on the same page. So, um, so between uh, here and the the glorious land of the top three, uh, we're gonna do our single nostalgia pick. So every year we only play like three or four nostalgia games, so it kind of doesn't make sense to rank them. Um, but we are gonna pick one, just our our favorite. Uh, nostalgia game 
the four games that we got onto the the episode list this year. Um, do, do you want to do you want to volley? Sure. Baba is you. Final Fantasy VII remake. Sonic Mania. Undertale. Uh, so, would you like to go first this time? Undertale. Undertale. Solely Undertale. It's Undertale. Oh no! Which one was it gonna be? It's Undertale. Um, no, it, it, it's got to be Undertale. I mean, the other games are great. I didn't play Final Fantasy VII Remake because I didn't play Final Fantasy VII the original. Um, I, I heard very mixed reviews about it. But uh, <laughs> you know, Sonic Mania, good game. Baba is you really interesting and creative. You know, idea. Undertale is a masterpiece, man. Um, the way it deconstructs uh, the RPG and really makes you think about what you're doing and 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 can have that philosophical impact like and the fact that mechanically it's really really clean uh and visually it's really really clean like i could very easily see when my son turns like seven ten you know when he can really read pretty well so that that's not the barrier handing him this game and you know just being like just let this be a part of your core philosophy the fact that the people that you call monsters may not be monsters and that maybe you're the villain and maybe you should like think about other people and things more complexly and maybe not everything's two dimensional. I mean, it's game's awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to open the kimono just a little bit here. Um, So starting. When'd you get that tattoo? (laughs) Just for you. Um, Yeah. (laughs) This morning. Uh, I think it was last Last year or the the year before that we we did this um our our year in review uh we both picked Celeste as our nostalgia game uh and we did a little giveaway where we're like oh we're going to give away a copy of the game to to five listeners right um and and so I asked you I don't know like a month ago when we were planning this out I was like oh do you want to do that again and what I didn't want to ask you was what are you going to pick as your nostalgia game because I wanted to say we're going to give away the game we picked. And then it occurred to me, we might not pick the same game. (laughs) And so my contingency plan for that was, well, if George and I pick different games, then the game we give away, we'll just, I'll just let them pick from any of the, our nostalgia games. Like just, you know, the, it'll be a nostalgia giveaway, not a whatever game we picked giveaway. And then when I was looking at this and drawing up my show notes, I was like, He's going to pick Undertale. I'm going to pick Undertale. We are going to pick Undertale. It is going to be an Undertale giveaway because I also felt like this game uh, was a masterpiece and the, the music, the, the, you know, what it tries to pull out of you emotionally, uh, the visuals, which are all over the place, but kind of for good reason. Um, I, the thing that made this get cemented into this spot, uh, is this Sonic mania did not stick with me after I played it for a very specific reason. This game should have been made 20 years ago. Like Sonic Mania is good. It's really good. But a lot of what makes it really good is the, just the mountain of garbage it stands on top of, right? It's, it's the flower that grew out of a pot of dirt, but it's the, (laughs) it's more like a blade of grass that grew out of a pile of crap. Like it's, we're only praising it because we know what we're comparing it against. And and I mean that in a sad way, this game is excellent. <laughs> Sonic mania has fantastic music, brilliant level design. The visuals are, are wonderful. The, the feeling of the controls is absolutely spot on. It is in its own right, an excellent game, but it, it gets so much of the praise it gets because of the company it keeps. And that bums me out. And that colored my experience. Final Fantasy VII Remake is a technological marvel, and that's about where my praise for it stops. Like, I I have not really thought about this game since I recorded that episode. I, it's just, it, it's it's fine. It's I'm glad I played it. I'll play the others when they come out, but, like, it's it's a game that I played, right? It's yeah. it's just whatever. Um, Baba is You stuck with me for a while um, after I played it, and and I, I think about those puzzles, and I get the, the kind of catchy... Uh, sort of chill coffee house music stuck in my head sometimes, but the amount of emotional energy that undertale not only asked of me generously, but then I just poured into it willingly is, is like one of those, you know, like once in a generation gaming experiences. Like I would, I would 
genuinely rank Undertale up with like The Last of Us in terms of the emotional experience I had playing it, how much I thought about it after, how much I use it as like a baseline comparison to other things that are like in its category. Um, Because there's lots of quirky, let's all be earthbound RPGs. And to say I'm going to put myself in the same category as earthbound is risky, right? Like that game is beloved for a lot of reasons. It did a lot of, you know, groundbreaking things. Undertale wouldn't exist without it. And Undertale absolutely holds its own in that category. So I was pretty confident we were going to land on this. Uh, So in the show notes for this episode, I know we don't always put stuff in the show notes. This episode will have stuff in the show notes. Uh, You'll be able to find a link to a really simple little form. All you got to do is go in there, drop in your email address. There's a short list of things that if you want to support us are free and super easy to do. None of them are required to enter the giveaway. I wanted to make things really easy for the listeners this year. So if you want to tweet about us or leave us a review or, you know, recommend us to your uncle on Facebook or something, please do those things. Those mean the world to us. But if you just want a free copy of the game and you're too busy or you don't have any friends or family to recommend us to, you don't have to do any of that stuff. You can just drop your email in there. Uh, All we use it for is for the contest. Uh, Play this game. If you don't win the contest, just go buy it. It's only like $15. Just like play, play Undertale. You need to play Undertale before you needed to play Celeste. Now you need to play Undertale. Yeah, it is just it is just a good game, and this is kind of like one of the, you know, one of the things where it's not much, you know, it's 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 certainly not much, but it's something that we can do to kind of say like this is a good thing, and by virtue of having three more people in the world who have played it, you know, who have who have also had this good thing, uh, that's worth it. That that is. That is something that needs to happen, you know? So um, no single water droplet feels that it's responsible for the flood, but these are our three water droplets. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Now we can move on to our our top three, uh, which will be least best, middle best, and best best. Yep, so least best. Do you want to lead us off? I will. My least best was uh, Master of Orion 2 Battle in Antares. Uh, Yeah, it was. Mine too. (laughs) Least best. Yeah. And, and my, my reason for, uh, bringing this up here, uh, thank God feelings are our main, uh, rating criteria for this because the thing that made me, as soon as I was looking at the list, I was like, Oh, this has got to be somewhere in my top three was, uh, I was playing this game and I fell back into that one more turn, like addiction thing. And and I don't say that lightly, right? Like I, I fell back into that mode so butter smooth. Like I just had no idea um, that that was going to happen, right? Like I remember this game super fondly, but when I actually sat down and got my hands on the keyboard, I was just like, oh no. But, Uh-oh. Yeah, but just in, in just the best way, right? Because it's, it's a thinky game. It makes you feel smart. It's like, it's not super violent the way like a lot of modern games are, but it's also not like mindless. It's not, you know, cow clicker on Facebook, right? It, it sits at a nice, like I'm thinking to play this game. My brain is engaged, but it's not so hard that I feel like I'm killing myself, right? It's, it's just, it's, it's a well-made game that holds up shockingly well because the way the visuals are delivered, it didn't really, it can't really age because you're just pressing buttons on a console. Like it's, it's just, it's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and the, the thing that I knew I was in trouble was, uh, I streamed this game quite a bit because depending on where we are in our playing cycle and where I am in my streaming schedule, like sometimes nostalgia goggles games don't get streamed, but I, I always try to this game. Uh, happened to get like five or six episodes of streaming, just like a whole bunch. And every single stream, uh, someone in chat who's, who's there regularly was just like time check. Like, cause yep. th- this person knew like I needed to get up and go to work the next day. <laughs> and I was just like way past my normal, you know, pl- play yep. time. And so that that's like that feeling of just, you're totally lost, right? You're just, you're a kid again. You don't have a care in the world. It's summer vacation. It's Christmas vacation. Your parents don't care if you stay up you know, five hours later than you normally do. Cause you don't have anything to do the next morning. Like that's just such a lovely feeling that I don't often get for any reason, let alone even from a game that I enjoy. So just that alone, like that kind of zoned out opium high. I was just like, Oh man, like this, this game is so good. Uh, the, the one, <laughs> Uh, negative side effect of it is 
I own a copy of Civ Six, and after replaying Master of Orion Two, I am terrified to start Civ Six. Like I still have not touched it. Do it. <laughs> uh, we can. We do. We can play that together. Like online. Yeah, that'll be safer. Actually, that will be safer because we're both adults with jobs and families. And if I say I'm only going to play this with George, then that will prevent me from, you know, becoming an opium addict. I'll just be an opium tourist. Well, especially if we're playing it together, then only a double yes continues us to play, right? So it requires one of us to come to our senses and opt out, you know, Um, or or one of our wives to tell us to opt out. Um, So, uh, yeah, so same same for all of that, you know, really enjoyed getting back into the rhythm of it. it's just it's it's a game that has an incredible amount of depth that you can explore at your own pace, you know? So it is I would say that it it has a similar kind of uh cognitive load and and learning curve that like Minecraft does, you know? So you you, you hop on and you just pick a race and you start playing, you know? Um and you can play it on tutor mode, which they they recommend, you know? And uh and yeah, and then if you want to just keep tooling around on on easy and just destroying the galaxy, you can do that. If you really want to, you know, get into the depths of the mechanics of it, like for example, I never in the entirety I've ever played that game, I've never done ground combat. You know, like I would just go bombard people from space. That's what I because I didn't really understand how that mechanic worked. Or spies never did any spying. Didn't really understand how the mechanic worked. Didn't engage in it. You know, and still was able to beat the game, still was able to have a good time. So, uh, you know, it, it, it very much so is like a buffet of, of game mechanics, but in such a way that it's not like we just crammed as many mechanics in there as we could, you know? Um, it, it's more so like, like all of these foods are amazing, delicious foods. Eat whichever one you want. If you want to just sit there and say, hey, keep cutting me, you know, slices of steak, just keep keep that steak coming. You just want to pull your chair up to the steak bar and just open your mouth and they'll throw the food directly in there. That's cool, man. If you want to kind of sample everything a little bit, that's cool too. If you know you 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 don't like meat at all and you want to do a pacifist run, you could absolutely do that. If you literally never want to interact with any of the other races for any reason, they have a race for that, you know? It's like, or they have a trait for that, you know? So, uh, absolutely. And and I would say that this game is the only difference between this game and Civilization VI. Outside, I mean, like, some of the mechanics are a little bit different and things like that, but really the only difference is just uh, this doesn't have true three dimensions. It's it's faux three dimensions, you know? Um, most of the time. That's really the only difference. All the mechanics are really solid as far as what they ask of the player. Um, yeah, I, I think that it's very easy for a game like this to become management by by spreadsheet. But this game does a great job saying, like, how, how deep into these spreadsheets do you want to go? Because you can if you want to. But if you don't, it's cool too, man. Do, do, you do you. Uh, my middle best... Middle best? That one doesn't sound like a sausage. My middle no. best... <laughs> Uh, I gave it to Donkey Kong Country, and oh man, that's 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 awesome. Sorry, because I I yeah, good, continue. <laughs> I'm I'm a little nervous now. Um, no, so this I, makes sense. I I gave it to Donkey <laughs> Kong Country because I I went into that game feeling like I remember this pretty fondly, but I don't know, like the the kind of people that I see like meme about this game and talk about this game aren't always ones I agree with their tastes, like they're critics that I agree with their critiques, but I don't always agree with their taste, right? Like I hate mayonnaise, the best mayonnaise in the world. I'm still going to hate because I hate mayonnaise, right? So I might understand the reasons somebody likes that particular brand of mayonnaise, but I'm still going to hate it. And so I, I kind of had that feeling going into Donkey Kong country. I was like, uh, I don't know. I kind of remember enjoying this game, but I don't know. But it's so good. Like it's such a slick 2d platformer and it's such a slick 2d platformer that when this series veered into 3d, they brought it back, right? Mario bust onto the 3d scene and, and now happily lives there forever. And the 2d Mario's that they've made are hot garbage. I know you like new super Mario brothers. Can you play with your family? I hate that game. I hate everything about it. And, and to me, it's just, it's proof that, the people who are working on new Mario games know that what makes 
Mario fun because they nailed it is the way he moves expressively in three dimensions. And and I feel like there are still people who want to make good 2d platformers at Nintendo who work with Nintendo IP. And those people are assigned to the Donkey Kong team because the 2d Donkey Kong country games are phenomenal. They're just, they're all beautiful looking. They have fantastic soundtracks. I still listen to the soundtrack from Donkey Kong country. Are they good enough to play for nostalgia goggles? I mean, maybe, <laughs> Yeah, we should we should play one of them for a new Stalgy Goggles. I mean, if there is such a game, we could consider it. Oh yeah, it's a Donkey Kong like <laughs> whatever. It's the new one that they made, right? You know, because it's, oh it's, no, it's, I know. It's just I know you don't know the name of it, so I can just string you along. <laughs> Son of a bitch! Get away from Google. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's it's hard right this is harder than a mario um like super mario world and donkey kong country are are roughly contemporaries uh and donkey kong country is where you go if you want a little bit more of a challenge right it's it's a little harder it's a little less forgiving you don't have the the big failure spectrum you don't have the big range of power-ups you're you're kind of going it on your own and uh it you know it's it's you and and diddy kong versus the world and it's just it's just good it's just a fun game held up damn near perfectly. Some of the graphics are like, Oh God, that's what we used to think 3d graphics looked like. But that like one asterisk aside, I would say this game is exactly as playable today as it was, you know, 30 years ago, which is a goddamn masterpiece an achievement. So it's, it's Donkey Kong country tropical freeze. I absolutely looked it up, but just so <laughs> you know, what I avoided saying was, it, the the frozen banana one, which is what like was rattling around in my head. So I was directionally correct, you know. You, I was like, you yeah. were. I was like, it's the frozen. I was like, it's it's frozen. There's something about freezing in there. I know that, you know. So so yeah, I was I was in the, in the area. Um, no, so the reason why I got such a kick out of this is because um, I I remembered. So I'm confident that when you when we had the same number three, I I that was great. And I'm really confident our number one is going to be the same. Um, we'll see, but I'm, I'm pretty confident. But the, my pick for the middle one is I'm like, I, I know that you're not going to pick this one. And I was interested which one you picked. And this, this is one because you, you really enjoyed replaying Donkey Kong Country. And I didn't love it. I just didn't, or I didn't hate it. I just didn't love it, you know? Um, and when we played the game, my middle best, um, I knew you, you, you weren't going to put it on there. I, again, I don't think that you hated it. I was doomed too, man. You know, right? I I couldn't pick Doom 2 because not only was my experience not great um, compared to my nostalgia goggles for it, but I was just like, this feels like a political pick. This feels like I'm supposed to pick it because everyone remembers Doom 2 so fondly. And I don't know why <laughs> I had that feeling, but I did. But anyway, why was this your middle best? Well, yeah, because I mean, and that's the thing is, 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 you know, Donkey Kong Country, completely good middle best. And yeah, when I was like Doom 2, I was like, ah, oh, no, he's not going to pick this one. Um, no, I just, it, I feel that it held up and it, it did in my mind hold up to what I remembered it being. And honestly, it is more enjoyable than some first person shooters I have played in my career. You know, <laughs> like when somebody says, take hey, that modern want- gaming. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, because when somebody says, hey, do you want to play this, you know, and again, I haven't played many of them, but do you want to play Call of Duty? Do you want to play this first-person shooter? Do you want to play this other one? I'm like, you know, I'm not really into first-person shooters. It's not my thing unless it's got like a very specific gimmick, like a thing that it does, right? So like Borderland. Yeah, Portal, which arguably isn't even a first-person shooter. It is, but you know, it's it's in that weird genre thing. But like um, Borderlands is a first-person shooter, but the main thing is it's got really heavy RPG mechanics and completely over-the-top characters, which is, and and it's good for co-op play, which is what I'm in it for, you know? Um, the fact that it's a first-person shooter is just, just gravy, you know? Uh, but this is one that is, again, one of the progenitors of the genre, and considering that this should have been the fish with legs uh it, it wasn't to me this was a frog you know um and and some of the choices that they made were, were given the constrictions that they had i still don't fully understand the fact that everything's on the same plane like i don't get that like that doesn't make <laughs> any sense to me but uh but the, the fact that they have heavy aim assist the fact that um you can select the difficulties all the way up to a difficulty that is blatantly unfair and they tell you it's unfair you know um 
there, there's just so much to get out of the game and there's there's so many levels and it's just it's good. It's good. I liked it. So my best best for the games we played in uh, the year of our Lord 2020. Uh, hang on, hang on. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write down on a sheet of paper what your best best was. Are, are you about to do like the Johnny Carson? Like you're going to put it in an envelope and then make a joke about it? I mean, it, well, it would just be, you know, like your number one best pick. And I put it up against my thing. Now, I've got it written down here. I've written it down. Okay. Yes. Um, we, so, yeah. we un, unlike a lot of podcasters uh, that go without video, we actually have video on. So I can see that you are holding up a, a card backwards that you've written on. So yep. uh, my uh, 2020 uh, best, best is Castlevania symphony of the night. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> What'd you pick super Mario brothers three, man. So super Mario brothers three no, we're done. No, Podcast it's over. It, it's up there. It's up there, no question. But it's not even in your top three. And it, it deserves to be there. It got beat out by Donkey Kong Country. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And this thing is Master of Orion, because again, feelings, not facts, right? Is yep, yep. if we're rating these on like their, you know, design impact, the their plate, their lauded place in history. Yeah. Super Mario brothers three would actually blow master of Ryan two out of the water, but, but I didn't feel that way about it. Right. <laughs> like to me, the quintessential 2d Mario will always be super Mario world. Right. It's just, mm. I, don't, I don't know why it's just that it's like cemented deep in my psyche. Right. And I played the crap out of super Mario brothers three. I absolutely did. But super Mario world just came in and like supplanted it. And, and it's been that way ever since. Castlevania Symphony of the Night is the game that more than Super Metroid, which arguably did some of the things that the Metroidvania genre does better, not everything, but some things, but Symphony of the Night is the game that made me understand that there was a category of game called Metroidvanias and I loved it, right? And and this is a defining point in history when what now is considered a Metroidvania is this very specific symphony of the night style RPG mechanics and 2d platforming. And that's not really what makes a Metroidvania Metroidvania. That's like the paint on the house, right? It's like the way the house is built is what makes it a Metroidvania and 2d platforming and RPG elements are like the paint, right? And I don't care. I love those things. I love them all to death. I probably play almost as many Metroidvanias as anything else that I play, I go out of my way for the new games that I played to be Metroidvanias. Um, one of our, our listener requests that we got in the last week was for hollow Knight, And I was just like, yup. Right. Because I would just replay that game just to talk to that one listener about it because I just <laughs> love, I just love Metroidvanias and well-made ones are just like absolute crack to me right They're They're almost in that same kind of uh, one more turn style, like one more room, like, what one one more hallway one more boss fight one more like oh let me just explore this one more little corner oh did that accidentally open up to like ten thousand more rooms well i gotta go explore i said i was gonna just do this one corner right like that's that's the kind of of, corner yeah that that's how i feel about metroidvanias as a genre and this is the game that got me onto that uh the soundtrack is out of this world uh the visuals are absolutely stunning and gorgeous the rpg mechanics are really, really broken if you know how to exploit them. But if you don't, they feel super balanced. So if you want to break the game, you can, but it's not, it's not broken. You have to choose to break it. There are exploits. Um, and, and it's got some of my favorite ridiculous memes from like mid nineties gaming, right? Like what is a man, a miserable little pie. Like I just, I love that shit, man. Like that's just so iconic of that time in my life. Like I just, you know, that quotes in guacamole. Is there you go? Like yeah, that no, game's it, from it, like twenty seventeen. I, I, like, I was like, oh, I get this. <laughs> I got that reference. Um, yeah, I just I the top three was not as competitive as uh, the bottom three was for me, but but these were games that I was like, thank God we are ranking these based on feelings because I'm pretty clear on how I feel about all the games we played. But we do have like Super Mario Brothers three, which I assume is where you're going. Um, the game's a mechanical marvel, and there there's no one who could argue against that, but feelings wise for me, best, best symphony of the night. 
and and that's legit. And and I can definitely say that Symphony of the Night is a very well crafted game because I hate Metroidvanias and I like that game. You know, so I mean that that if it can even you know turn you know your your staunchest enemy into into an ally, maybe not a a, a zealot, but an ally like that's. You know what that is for me? That's uh, like when I get a sandwich with spicy mayo on it and it's just a little bit and I'm like, oh, I hate mayonnaise, but I'll do a little bit of spicy mayo on this sandwich. It's okay. I mean, I don't like mayonnaise, but you know, a little bit of spicy mayo like that's you with Metroidvanias and Symphony of the Night. You're like, nah, man, I hate Metroidvanias. I mean, I'll, I'll play Symphony of the Night. That's good. That's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, uh, for me, n- number one, Super Mario Brothers 2. It's just super 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 Mario Brothers two. <laughs> no, it's Super Mario Brothers three, right? Um, it, it just you know when I was going through, and again, you know, uh, honestly, when I was going through this list, like I scrolled through real fast, I just you know was like, oh yeah, and and when I was listing them, Symphony of the Night was on there. You know, I was like, yeah, that was a great game. Donkey Kong Country was on there. Goldeneye. Once we fixed the controls, which arguably. Yeah, but if we're talking about feelings, once we fix the controls, that that was fun, man. It was fun running around that game, blowing each other apart, man. Um, or, or when we did the uh, turned on slaps only, and we were just desperately like trying to kite each other and like slap, you know? That was, uh, yeah, that was fun. That, that's that's the multiplayer experience that people remember when they remember that game fondly. It's it's the feeling of playing with their friend because I loved every single second of that. Yeah. So, um, so a lot, a lot of pauses, but I mean, again, when I, when I just kind of sat down and I was like, what, what's it going to be? It, it had to be Super Mario Brothers three, you know? Um, it's just it, the, the game, the world is enormous. The music is iconic. I mean, literally you can just hop on to anything that streams you music and say, I'm looking for Super Mario Brothers three music and not only find the Super Mario Brothers three music, but find 15 bajillion T people who have remixed it, reanimated, re, re whatever, you know? Um, so many different games uh, owe owe so much to to the Super Mario Brothers three. You know, I mean, like uh, it really it really even cemented kind of what Super Mario Brothers was. You know, because I mean, you had Super Mario Brothers, right? And then Super Mario Brothers two, which was bananas, right, for the American version, right? And then there was Super Mario Brothers three, and then the rest of the two D Mario's, right? And it's like that's that's super mario brothers i mean i went as raccoon mario when i was a kid you know so um absolutely uh, the 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 cheat codes you know um like uh, the different power ups like all of that like just it's just this great big big ball of happiness you know so uh so yeah so for me it was it was super mario brothers 3 for the win but i think we can both agree we come together and we have to pick a game of the year super mario brothers 2 Super Mario Brothers 2 Super Mario Brothers 2 The curtain falls The music plays The credits roll Then it all fades To black And you're left by yourself The fanfare is gone There's no player 2 There by your side To share victories won But as you slowly progress Down the hall to your bed A few great events Leak back into your head From the time that you spent Traversing the land Battling evil Fighting the darkness Just sword in hand Your memories creep in With the edge of a smile Again, what you lost for a while. You're gonna think back much less on how you saved the day. 